You guys ready for the adventure? I got, I'm packed up. I'm ready to go. Thank you, five of you, for being excited about the adventure. <laughs> Makes me pumped up. Yeah, we're, we're about to start our disciple-making adventure here at Good News, and I have all my materials ready. And an adventure is something that's exciting, that's uh, an experience that sometimes can be even treacherous. Ooh, right? It's, it's going to be a really fun thing to go through this disciple-making adventure here at, at Good News. And that's what our point is for this morning and really for this year and beyond, is that Jesus invites us on a disciple-making adventure. As we start a new year, I think sometimes we think about what kind of legacy we want to lead or what kind of impact we want to lead. And I want to ask you that this morning. What kind of impact do you want to leave with your life? What kind of legacy do you want to leave with your life? We believe that being a part of a disciple-making adventure is a great legacy to leave. It's a great imprint to leave behind as we go through our life. And a disciple... What we, how we define it and how what we see in Scripture is, is that someone that is a follower of Jesus, and they have three great loves, that they love Jesus, that they love one another, and that they love the lost. So a disciple, when we talk about that at Good News moving forward, is a follower of Jesus who loves Jesus, who loves one another, and loves the lost. And we believe that over the last 28 years that Good News has been a part of this community, both at our Wildwood campus and at our World Golf Village campus, we believe there's been a great foundation of disciple-making. And this year, we want to move forward with being very purposeful for being disciple-makers here in St. John's County and beyond. So won't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much for the power of your spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that comes and walks alongside us and in us and through us so that we can be disciple makers. Lord, I thank you so much that we're able to be able to go on an adventure because you invite us to come on an adventure. And it's exciting following after you. And sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's dangerous, but you give us everything that we need to be disciple makers. I pray as we open your word this morning that we would be led by it, that we would be inspired by it. We know that your word says that it doesn't return void when it goes out. We know that your spirit is working in and through it. And so I pray, God, this morning that we listen to your word and that we would follow after what it says. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So when you go on an adventure, you need to pack things and, and, and bring things with you. And Jesus equips us to go on an adventure, and he gives us all kinds of things that will help us to make this adventure happen. First and foremost, what he gives us is he gives us the Holy Spirit. Now, I thought about bringing a live dove in here because that's often signifies the Holy Spirit, but I didn't want it up in the rafters and stuff like that. So we have this sign to signify the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're anything like me, especially if you're new here, maybe you're a little bit scared by the Holy Spirit. I remember um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all, but the few times I went to Catholic church, they talked about the Holy Ghost. And as a kid, that really scared me. I didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost or about what that meant. I kind of understood a little bit about God the Father because I could kind of understand I had a father and most of us have father figures in our lives or we are fathers. So we kind of get that and kind of get Jesus. He's the son of God. Okay, he came to earth. But the Holy Ghost, I mean, that, that, that's a little bit scary. And this is not a message about the Holy Spirit, but I want to lay a little bit of foundation that we shouldn't be scared of the Holy Spirit at all. In fact, Jesus said when he left this earth that we're better off with the Holy Spirit than we are with him. 
So I know many people say, if, if Jesus was just here, if I could just see him walking in the flesh, then I could be a follower after him, or, or my life would be better. But Jesus actually said that it's better for us to be where we're at with the power of the Holy Spirit. So in Luke chapter 24 and in John chapter uh, 14, it talks a, little about, about who, talks a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. Luke 24, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. And in John 14, Jesus says, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The word counselor in the original Greek language that the scriptures were written is the word parakletos. Para means to walk alongside, a paraprofessional, paralegal. You walk, you walk alongside. And kletos means called. So what the Holy Spirit is a counselor that's called to walk alongside us. You realize how amazing that is? That we have Jesus we have God the Father, and then we have the Holy Spirit who's walking alongside us. God the Spirit walking alongside us as we go, as the great counselor, as the great comforter, as someone that will lead us and guide us as we're walking through the earth, as we're making decisions, as we're trying to follow after God. He is the one that's called to walk alongside us. So, we have the power of the Spirit. That's a way that we're going to walk with this disciple-making adventure. We have another great thing that, that God gives us, and it's, and it's this. Now, I, know, I realize that many of you can't actually see what's on this picture, but just believe me, this is a picture of people gathering together in community. This is in our small group director, uh, Mitch Hines' office. And it's a picture of people that are gathering together in community in Jesus' name to have community together. And that's another tool that the Lord gives us on this disciple-making adventure. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit, but then he gives us biblical community. And we need each other. We need brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we talk about the three great loves, when we talk about one another, loving one another, that's what biblical community is. 59 times in the New Testament, it talks about one anothering. It talks about praying for one another, encouraging one another, using our gifts to serve one another. 59 times it tells us to do that. It's so vital that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can count on. Because in case you haven't noticed, following Jesus in our world is not getting easier, right? You don't get celebrated when you tell people that you're following after Jesus. And you post on social media for your New Year's resolution, you want to get closer to Jesus. People are not celebrating that we need each other. And I know sometimes we can be wildly annoying. And sometimes the church can disappoint us greatly. But the alternative is not having any community together. And that alternative is something that we see in Scripture that we just can't fall into. We need each other. We need brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's another tool that Jesus gives us on this disciple-making adventure. Another thing that the Lord gives us on this disciple-making adventure is really powerful, and it's, it's the Word of God. It's the Bible. It's God speaking directly to us. So many times people will call or ask or email, hey, pastor, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do in my life. I'm not sure what I'm called to do. And typically what they're talking about is some occupation. They don't know what path to choose. Well, all through scripture, it's abundantly clear what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples. No matter where we're at, no matter what job we're in, no matter if we're in retirement or if we're a student, it doesn't matter. We're all called to make disciples. And he gives us the power of his word 
the power of his spirit and the power of biblical community for us to be able to accomplish uh, having a disciple-making adventure in our life. I'm not sure if you've ever had the opportunity to share last words with someone. Maybe it's someone that's moving away uh, that you're friends with, or maybe it was someone that you got to see on their deathbed. I got to experience this with my mother, that I had an opportunity and an honor to be able to share some last words with my mom. And God put on my heart to be able to share Psalm 23 with her. And that was the last thing that she heard before she went to go see uh, Jesus and be with her Savior. And it was a powerful moment to be able to share some last words. And Jesus shares last words with us. We've been go- we went through the book of Mark all last year. And he shares some last words in Mark. And he also shares some last words in Matthew. And I want to share a little bit what, what Jesus' last words before he ascended back into heaven were. Because these are really powerful things. One last thing to say. One last thing to tell us. And he says this. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you look in Matthew's gospel. And this is often called the Great Commission. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I mean, it's awesome that he leaves us that instruction, that he leaves us that, that great commission, and we're called as a church to embark on that disciple-making adventure. And this year, more than ever at Good News, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to be a part of that adventure, to be a follower of Christ that loves Jesus, that loves one another, and loves the lost as you're making disciples. And it talks about all different kinds of things here. It says to, to be a disciple, to be a, a follower of Jesus, to be a learner, to be someone that's learning from the great teacher, Jesus, the great Savior, Jesus, the great Messiah, Jesus. He's He's there for us as we're becoming disciples ourselves. And it says baptizing and teaching and observing, and those are the ways that we are to make disciples. But ultimately, there's only two commands here. One is to make disciples, and the second is, surely I'm with you, or lo, I'm with you, or behold, I'm with you in some of the versions. And all that means is to put our gaze and our eyes on Jesus. As he's helping us become disciple makers, we have to count on him, the power of his spirit, to be able to go out on this disciple making adventure. And I love how Matthew ends because he says that he'll be with us. I mean, isn't that cool? I mean, life can be really tough sometimes, can't it? Sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes we don't know what to say to our kids. Sometimes we don't know what to say to our coworkers. Sometimes we don't know what to do in a situation. Jesus says, behold, I am with you always. If you're a believer in Jesus, he is with you always. He ends the book of Matthew that way, and it's really cool. It starts the book of Matthew that way, that Jesus comes on this earth as a seeking and saving Savior, as a baby, and it says this, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, and the prophet was Isaiah, the virgin, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. So Jesus comes to this earth saying, I'm going to be with you. And then he leaves going back to heaven saying, I'm going to be with you. He's going to be with us as we make this disciple-making journey. I just find that wildly comforting. As we start a new year, 
that Jesus is going to be with us. And he invites us to be on this disciple-making journey, uh, disciple-making adventure. And I believe that it's, it really is an adventure. As I look back at my life, I see all of these ways that it's been such an exciting adventure following Jesus. I remember when I was considering becoming a believer, I had lots of different things going on in my life. I was partying a lot. I was drinking a lot. I was, getting in, I was involved in, in all kinds of different sports. I was playing baseball at Flagler College. I was trying to do well in school. And I was just trying to fill my life up with all kinds of different things. And everything I filled my life up with was ultimately empty. But I remember having this feeling saying, if I'm going to follow Jesus, well, I bet my life is just going to become really boring. Like, I'm just not going to do any of the stuff that I used to do, and I'm just going to have to carry around a big Bible and just sing praise songs all day. What a boring life. But I'm so thankful and grateful that the power of the Spirit worked in my life, and I was able to become a follower of Jesus, and it has been the exact opposite of boring. It has been an exciting and thrilling and invigorating adventure. God has led me to be able to go to India in the Himalaya mountains to a village that didn't even have electricity, never even seen electricity, to be able to share the gospel with those people. Had the honor to be able to go to, to China to be able to worship with people there that had to worship in secret because uh, they, they, they are putting their lives on the line because it's illegal to worship God publicly there. I had the honor and privilege of starting a college ministry and seeing hundreds and hundreds of people coming to faith in Christ through the college ministry, and it was so cool. My wife, Christy, and I used to have our doorbell ring at 2 in the morning with drunk college students because they had nowhere else to go, and we were able to point them to Jesus, and it was an amazing privilege to be able to do that. We had the privilege of being able to go to the now defunct Panama Hatties every Thursday night on Thirsty Thursday and park the church van every Thursday for three years picking up drunk students and driving them home. And we had these stickers that, that said, I was brought home by the drunk bus by Good News Church. So when they woke up the next day, they knew how they got home. And so if anyone ever asked you to travel in the church van, just know there's been some throw up in that van, okay? It's been an amazing privilege of doing that. But you know the greatest adventure for me? The greatest adventure out of doing all of those things and starting the World Golf Village campus and seeing how excited you are about reaching this community, all those things have been an amazing adventure. But the most exciting thing for me is being able to pastor my family. And listen, if you had a camera on me uh, throughout my day, listen, you don't want to do that, okay? I have many, many flaws. I fall very short as a husband, as a leader, as a pastor, but it's an exciting adventure for me to be able to lead my wife, lead my kids as they draw closer and closer to Jesus. So I know some of you, when I was sharing some of the things that God's put me on, you might think, well, I've never traveled those places, never gone and done those things. Listen, that's not a, what the adventure is about. The adventure is about trusting in Jesus and allowing him to work and move through your life no matter where God puts you. That you're able to step out in faith and say, I truly trust you, God. That I'm going to put my faith in you and I trust you with this next step in my life. And he gives us all the tools that we need. He gives us the power of the Spirit. He gives us biblical community. He gives us his word. He gives us the, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and the good news shoes, and the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith. He gives us all of those things so that we can be on the disciple-making adventure. And so we really want to help you do that. And we've been blown away by this resource called Four Chair Discipling. 
It's by uh, Dan Spader and the people at Sun Life. And we've been blown away by it. I want to introduce you a little bit to it. We're going to spend the next five weeks talking about how we're going to help people be a part of this disciple-making adventure. You see, I have some other uh, things here as this chair wouldn't quite fit in my bag. So we got our first chair here. Now, you'll notice with all these chairs, they're not perfect chairs. They've got stains. They've got scratches. They've got flaws. They've got things that are not perfect about them. Uh, and that's kind of the point, that each and every one of us, as we go through these different chairs, we're, we're flawed. We're not, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to follow after Jesus perfectly. But this first chair signifies come and see. It signifies people that, that don't know Jesus. And people that are in this chair, which I know some of you here this morning are in this chair, we are so grateful for you being here. Each and every Sunday uh, morning at 8.40, and you're welcome to come. Any Sunday morning at 8.40, we pray for the service in, in the lobby. And we pray specifically that the services will be welcoming for people that are in this chair. People that are saying, I, I just want to check things out. I'm not a believer in Jesus yet, but I just want to see what this is about. I just want to see what Jesus is, is, is calling maybe me to do. And that was Jesus' challenge to the disciples is first just come and see. And really what the phrase means is just show up. Just show up. There's no, there's no pressure involved or anything like that. Just come and see what God is doing. I know some of you are doing that right now. Some of you, for your New, New Year's resolution, you said you're going to check out a church. We're so glad that you're here. We want to make the environment as comfortable and as encouraging for you as possible. Come and see. But we don't want you to stay in that chair. We want to love you where you're at, but we don't want you to stay in that chair forever. And who wants to stay in this hard chair forever anyway? Right? No padding or anything on it. I mean, it's okay, but we want you to get out of that chair and get into the second chair. And the second chair we see in Scripture is, come follow me. You see, it's not perfect either. There's stains on this chair. It's not perfect when we follow after Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's taking the step of come and see to follow me. That you're making a decision. That you've came, you saw you saw what Jesus was about. You saw what his people are about. And you thought, man, they're a little bit weird. They're a little bit strange. But they have hope. They have joy that I don't have. I want that. And I want to move to chair two and be a follower of Jesus. I want to follow after him. I want to start to learn more from him. I want to follow in his footsteps. I can remember as a young kid growing up in the frozen tundra of New Hampshire that we often get snow there. And... Uh, Growing up in, in the town that I grew up in, we'd often have snow everywhere. And I can remember as a small boy walking through a foot of snow. I mean, that was a lot of snow. But walking through a foot of snow, and for a little kid, that might as well have been 10 feet of snow. Because I was having a hard time walking in. I remember my dad walking in front of me. And what he would do is he would shorten his steps, and he would take little steps and walk, and he would press down the snow. And he would do that so that I could then step in his footsteps so that I could make it through the snow and make it through the, the adventure as I was following after him. And I remember thinking as a kid, this is so cool. My dad is blazing the path for me so that I can step in his footsteps. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do, to follow after him closely, to step in his footsteps. Because Jesus was fully God here on earth, but he was also fully man. So we can follow after him in a flawed way, but we can follow after him. 
So after you have came and saw, and for some people that takes one message. For some people, this takes 10 years. For some people, it takes the whole life to move to the next chair. But we want you to move from one chair to the next to follow him. And then we have the third chair. And the third chair is where things in Scripture and the adventure gets really exciting. And, and this one's messy, too. There, there, there's crumbs and, and stains and all kinds of things going on there. But this is where it gets really exciting. Now, before I describe this a little bit more, i got to tell you this. Jesus, when you put your faith in him, he loves you because he loves you. And if you stay and share too for the rest of your life, and you don't become a worker, a fisher of men, you don't use your gifts for God's glory, he still loves you. This is not some work-based thing. And I want, you to be, I want to be really clear on that. That just because you move to the next chair over, doesn't mean that Jesus loves you more or loves you any less. But we believe that it's important because Scripture says that we're called to bear fruit, that we're called to make a difference, that we want you to use your gifts for God's glory. And this is where we see in the midst of a revival that's happening in St. John's County, we want to see people become uh, workers. We want to see people that are using their gifts for God's glory. Because we believe that God's doing something really special right now in St. John's County. That there are hundreds of thousands of people in our county that don't know Jesus but when we come together in the name of Jesus and when we come together using our gifts for his glory, then we're able to make a huge difference in our community and our world. And I believe that you can do that when you step out and you say that I want to be a worker, that I want to be a fisher of men, that I want to make a difference, that I want to step out. At the end of uh, this month, we're having a special class on January 31st, and we'll share a little bit more in the weeks to come. It's a class called Gifted. We want to help you to understand that each and every one of you is gifted. And you're gifted to serve for God's glory. And we want to help you be able to find your, your gifts. And so we'll have that class for you to help you move from chair two to, to chair three as you grow in faith. But chair three is not the end of the story. I couldn't fit this one in my backpack. So here's chair four. Chair four is where Jesus calls us to spend our most time. He calls us as believers in Christ to be disciple makers. As we're following Jesus, as we're helping people to, to love Jesus and love uh, one another and love the lost, we want to help share that with others so that we as disciple makers then in turn make disciple makers. And we're going to spend the whole year and beyond helping you do that but especially over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about how God is going to use us in amazing ways to be able to move people from chair to chair. So maybe you're here in chair one and you're here to come and see. I want to let you know that right now you can move out of this chair. Right now you can move to chair two. And it's as simple as ABC. The A is admitting, admitting that, that you've messed up, admitting that you've sinned, admitting that you've fallen short. And welcome to the party each and every one of us has. I'm the chief of people messing up. Just tell God that. Say, hey, I, I've messed up. I've fallen short. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I have stains. I have scars. And I need you to come into my life. And that's the next part. That's B, believe. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he came on this earth as a seeking and saving Savior to be God with us. And then he lived a perfect life. And then he died on the cross with all of our sins, past, present, and future. Then he rose from the dead to be with us. He wants to be with you once you believe in Jesus. 
And then C is committing your life. Committing him to being Lord and Savior of your life, that he actually makes a difference in your life, that you're actually concerned about what God's word says, that you want to use your gifts for his glory. You want to move to chair three. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I want you to do that this morning. You can do it right where you're at. Admit, believe, commit. And if you have, we're going to take part this year and beyond in an exciting disciple-making adventure. We're going to be able to see people move from chair to chair to chair as they draw closer and closer to Jesus. We're going to see many more people uh, one to Jesus this year. As we look over at our life rings, look back at this past year, every single one of these life rings, every single one of these, these uh, life rings up here signify a person that's professed faith in Christ. That we've seen almost 200 people this year that we know of profess faith in Jesus Christ. And we rejoice. We're so thankful that we get to see God move in that way. And we want each and every one of these people that now that they move from chair one to chair two to become chair three and chair four people, we want to help them to continue to grow in their faith. And we're excited about what God is going to continue to do here Good News. On both campuses, we have over we have over a thousand people that call Good News Church home. And imagine all those people falling after Jesus more and more closely and bearing more and more fruit as we see him move. He's equipped us to make a huge difference in our community and our world. I'm so excited what 2019 is gonna bring. I'm so pumped up to see how God is gonna work through each and every one of your lives. And I hope you're ready because Jesus invites us on the disciple making adventure. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so grateful that you invite us on an adventure. Following you is definitely not boring. There are all kinds of downs and things that can be discouraging, and there's all kinds of ups of seeing you move, working through the discouragement, working through the storms, working through the things in our life. Lord, I pray for people in here this morning that are in chair one. Lord, I pray that they feel welcome and encouraged to just come and see. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't stay in that chair forever. I pray that I move to being a believer in you, that they would be a follower of you. And I pray for the people here this morning that are followers of you. Lord, I pray that they would fall more in love with you and that they would want to be a worker, that they want to be fisher of men, they want to use your gifts for your glory. Lord, I pray, God, that you would do that. Lord, I pray for the people that are disciple makers, that are, that are in chair four, that we'd see more and more people be one to you and be discipled. Lord, thank you for calling us on this adventure. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.